the Blindly Switching Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Blindly Switching Podcast. Browsing and hitting the Android wall. It's been a little while since I've put an episode out. Not because of Christmas, and I hope you've had a good one. Not because of the snow we had here in the UK. But the reason this episode is so late is because of a flaw with many modern mobile phones. More about that in a moment. Also in this episode, I'm going to take a look back at the Android journey so far. I'm three months in. The demonstration in this episode is going to be all about web browsing. Right, so let's get on with it. The whole idea behind this series of podcasts was to document my Android journey. And at three months in, I thought I'd review and take a step back and look how it's gone and what I think about Android and accessibility. And kind of where I think Android and mobile accessibility in general is going. I'll also be discussing whether I think dumping my iPhone was a good idea or not. It seems like Android accessibility has been talked about for such a long time. I've read a number of articles over the years that said Android accessibility looks promising, but it's still got a fair way to go. And it does feel, from my experience, that the future of Android accessibility is looking really promising and really bright. The real question is, is it truly a usable, accessible option comparable with iPhone? And surprisingly enough, I think the answer is yes. There are no doubts that the accessibility approaches taken on the platforms are significantly different. However, I genuinely believe that if a blind person who's never used a smartphone before picks up an Android, a high-end Android for sure, like the Pixel or the Pixel 2, they would have as much success with it as someone doing the same thing for the first time using an iPhone. Android accessibility isn't as immature as it once was. It is now comparable. Most of my learning curve has been trying to forget the old iOS ways of doing things. One of the fantastic things about Android is the accessibility team are active within the user community. This is something that Apple just can't say. Talkback isn't perfect. However, when I flagged issues, someone from Google Accessibility has contacted me and has said they're working on it. In terms of engagement with the user base, Talkback are leagues ahead over VoiceOver. In terms of stability, talkback and voiceover, I would say are comparable. Both have their wobbles, both have their funnies, but generally, eh, pretty good. In terms of what you can do with the screen reader, each have their pros and cons, as I've discussed in previous episodes. But again, taking the complete picture into mind, they are comparable. From a productivity point of view, I'm not any faster or slower on my Android than I was on my iPhone. I really do think the decision factors for a blind person to go Android or iOS, are now very much the same kind of decision factors that a a sighted person would have to think about. Do you go with the walled garden of Apple, where everything works pretty well, as long as you want to do the Apple way of doing things? Or do you go the Android way, where everything is more open and you have far more decisions about how stuff works, but you have to be a bit more willing to experiment and try things out? My journey into Android accessibility has given me a really positive feeling for the way in which mobile accessibility is going. I don't think we've ever lived in a time as blind people that is so exciting, that is so possible when it comes down to mobile technology. 
If things are looking so good for mobile accessibility and Android, why is this episode called Hitting the Android Wall? What has become apparent over the last three months is nothing to do with the screen reader, it's nothing to do with the operating system, it's nothing to do with how usable any particular phone is, it's all about perceptions. As an Android user, I kind of feel a bit like a second-class citizen. This is a generalisation, apps come out for iOS first, and if they do come out for Android at all, it's normally months later, or with less functionality. A couple of modern examples of this would be Seeing AI. Seeing AI has Uh, very exciting and got a lot of people talking on the iPhone, but we don't have it yet on Android, although Microsoft have said it's on the way. Another example would be Easy Reader from Dolphin, which is a book reading app. It's been available on iOS for six or seven months. It's only just come out on Android. KNFB Reader, the very popular OCR app, came out a long time on iOS before it did on Android. I know the reasons that companies give, which is there are far more users on iOS than there are on Android, and it only makes sense to focus your main development activities where your users are. I'm a developer. I get that. I so get that. But this whole Android as a second class option isn't just a blindness accessibility thing. A wider example is my credit card. Works beautifully with Apple Pay. Used it for a couple of years. Great option. Love using Apple Pay. Unfortunately, my credit card provider, which isn't a small one, it's one of the bigger ones in the UK, have categorically stated that they're not going to support Android Pay. There are a number of games that just aren't supported on Android. It kind of feels like you're always just playing catch-up as an Android user. So, moving on, what do I think of the Pixel 2 as a phone? It's a great phone with some really brilliant features, but just with a couple of rubbish downsides. The fingerprint sensor on the back of the phone is a really, really good concept, much nicer to use than the fingerprint sensor on the front of the iPhone. Answering calls is a breeze with TalkBack. The audio quality of phone calls is really nice with the Pixel. Hanging up phone calls using the power button works every time on Android. I've often heard it said the iPhone is a great bit of kit, but it's not actually a particularly great phone. I don't think you can say the same about the Pixel 2. As a phone and as a piece of mobile technology, it works really well. Squeezing the side to bring up the Google Assistant is a great way of using it. The battery life is brilliant. I can get about two days worth of moderate use between charges. That's about double what I was getting on my iPhone 6S. Seriously, my biggest problem with the Pixel 2 isn't actually a problem that's unique to the Pixel 2. It's a problem that a lot of modern phones have. It's this stupid idea of getting rid of the headphone jack. The episode of this podcast is late because I lost the adapter that allows me to plug my headphones into my phone. It's so annoying not being able to use headphones while my phone is charging. It's so annoying, if you can find the stupid thing, to have to remember to take your headphone adapter around with you everywhere. This concept is just a stupid, ridiculous concept. Phone manufacturers of the world, please, please, can we have our headphone jack back? Please! Okay, yeah, I I know that Bluetooth is an option, and I do have a a nice set of Bluetooth headphones. And I've recently bought a a Bluetooth adapter, a little sort of thumb-sized chunk of metal with some buttons on that that is a Bluetooth receiver, and you can plug a normal set of headphones in. 
but it's an extra fuss to mess around with. It's an extra thing that I have to charge. There's additional latency in voice output because of Bluetooth. To be able to record this podcast for the demonstration later, I have a, an external USB sound card that I bought for my computer a couple of years ago that's seven times bigger than my phone that I plugged into my phone just so that I can get the output into my mixing desk. Having said that, the ability to plug a sound card into my phone is just wicked. It's an epic idea. So the big question is, do I regret the decision of dropping the iPhone and going Android? Not at all. I've really enjoyed the journey. I've really enjoyed learning talkback. I've really enjoyed finding out new things and new ways of doing stuff. Am I sending my Pixel back and getting an iPhone? No, I'm not. Many of my concerns and issues with iOS, uh, the iPhone 8, and, and even to a greater extent the iPhone 10 are still problems. I'm going to be sticking with the Pixel until my contract runs out in about 20 months' time. And what will I get then? Another iPhone? An Android? Well, I just couldn't tell you. The jury is very much still out. Does this worry me? Not at all. Seriously, the future is so bright, so positive for mobile accessibility. Today's demonstration is all about web browsing and reading information. Unsurprisingly, there are a number of options when it comes to web browsing on uh, Android. Google Chrome is the main browser uh, built into Android, obviously. Google, Google, yeah, see where that went from. But also you can get uh, Firefox uh, and a whole range of other browsers. I've been trying to make my mind up uh, about which web browser I prefer, Firefox or Chrome, for the last couple of months. So I'm going to show you Chrome today because uh, a, a few weeks ago uh, an update to Chrome came out which resolved the last few issues that I was really finding with Chrome. One of the things I really like about the Pixel launcher on the Pixel 2 is that there's a search bar built in right on the home screen of your sort of main screen. Down at the bottom of my phone, I touched about oh, a quarter of the way of the screen up and I'm now Messages. flicking. Chrome. Search. Chrome. Search. Search. There he Double is. Double tap to activate. Showing five suggestions. Showing text keyboard. This search isn't just searching your apps on your phone or doing a, a web search or searching a limited amount of information or your emails or whatever. It's searching everything. So I'm just going to type in A Hero's Call. A Hero's Call is a new audio game that came out for the PC that I'm really enjoying playing. A. A. Showing nine suggestions. Space. A. H. E. R. R. O. O. E. A. S. S. Space. Heroes. Showing five suggestions. Right. Now I've only typed in A Heroes, and obviously you can hear there it's saying showing five suggestions. If I just touch the middle of the screen. Search a hero's way. Edit query completion a hero's journey. But search a hero's journey. Edit query completion a hero's call button. There he is. Search a hero's call. So double tap to activate. If I wanted to, I could hit the that bit there that says Edit query completion a hero's call button. So that would complete the query and then keep, let me keep on typing. Search a hero's or if call. I, if I just Double tap one. Keyboard hidden. Keyboard hidden. Google. And there it's done a Google search for me. Google owns YouTube. So one of the nice things is how well the YouTube integration works with all of this. So if I flick through, I would imagine very quickly I will find YouTube links for a hero's call. Go to Google feed. A hero's call. Google search. Did you mean a hero's call? Link. A Hero's Call, an accessible fantasy RPG by Out of Sight Games, Kickstarter HTTP, the 4th of January 2017. A Hero's Call, an accessible fantasy RPG by Out of Sight, Out of Sight Games is raising funds for A Hero's Call, Out of Sight Games, 
A Heroes Call 1.0 will be released on December 29th so for 90. These are just the search results. Videos. Ah, here we go. Double Videos. tap to Straight activate. Away. YouTube Defiant Development Preview 1. YouTube Out of Sight Games 1602A Heroes Call. Talisman Quest Audio Only Demo the 14th of December 2016. And if Link. I wanted to play that, I just go like this. Double tap, tap to it. activate. YouTube. Straight into the YouTube app. Well, then, keep your guard up. Desk 2. What will you take? Broken amulet one of one. The intricate, knot-shaped pendant of this amulet has been broken down the middle. Taken. Noi. Entering tavern hall. Google. This isn't a podcast about a hero's call, but if you are into your audio game, seriously, it's worth a look. The other nice thing about search is that it doesn't just search um, the web. It also integrates with all the other good Google stuff that you were used to using, things like Google Maps. So I've just done a search for the word pizza. And if I now start flicking down the search results. Go to Google feed. Pizza, Google search. Why this ad button? Domino's pizza, find your best deal online, domino's.co. The official food of only ever using tasty, freshing. Apple Pay now available. Buy one, get one. latest deals, link. 30% off when you spend so £20 code B. Obviously that's an advert for Domino's. Why this ad button? Pepper John's Pizza Blackwood, 50% off all pizzas on... So Pepper John's Pizza's Blackwood, so that's my nearest Pepper John's. 50 students, um, 10, latest deals, quality guarantee, find your store, sign up, all the latest, call, 1.1, download our app today, link, map of pizza, map of pizza, map of pizza, graphic. And now I've... Double now tap to the, activate. And now it's got a Google Maps area that um, is showing me a load of pizza shops near me. Map of pizza, graphic, map expand icon, within one me open no top rated more filters region. And obviously double tap to activate a whole bunch of filters and stuff you can apply. Within one mile, button, open now, button, top rated button, more filters button. Domino's pizza, Blackwood 3.8 rated 3.8 out of 5, 40 pounds 0.8 miles pizza. And then if I kept flicking down, I would see uh, a link that says directions. And if I tap that, it'll open up straight away Google Maps and give me directions to it. Um, or if I keep flicking down, there'll be just web results about pizzas, so recipes, whatever, you know. Uh, it's just it's just a, a more integrated solution than, than you would necessarily get with other browsers and other uh, ways of doing that. I've just brought up um, Chrome and I've gone to the Blindly Switching podcast website. And what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to start flicking left, uh, so flicking right through the page. And um, what you'll see is there's an address bar at the top. The Blindly Switching podcast. Close tab button. The blind www.nadamson.com disabled. And that's obviously the web, the, the uh, address bar there. Save button. Double uh, tap to activate. That's uh, obviously a button you can use to do things like add it to favorites. More options button. As Double tap to activate. More options and you can do things like share links and uh, switch it into desktop mode and all sorts of fun stuff like that. And then uh, we'll get a, a blank line and then we'll get the actual web content then. The blindly switching podcast list. A blind, the blindly switching podcast. Li home. Archive. Admin. A blind guy's experience is switching from an iPhone to Android. Heading one, out of list. So if I do uh, the gesture just to do continuous reading, uh, I will get this. For the last six years, I've used an iPhone. Well, it's time to change. I've recycled my iPhone 6S and for the next two years, I'll be using a Google Pixel 2. Come listen to my journey as I learn all about Android accessibility and contrast it with iOS. RSS feed. Link. iTunes. Link. Episode 5 text goes in, voice comes out.
Okay, that was completely hands-free and you could obviously hear it scrolling down the page. You can uh, obviously navigate by elements. So um, there's no such thing as the, uh, the rotor gesture that you have on iOS. So uh, what you do is you change your um, how much you swipe by. And this isn't just for web pages or for anything. This is pretty much a general rule of thumb. To change what a left and right swipe does, you use the up and down swipe. So if I, um, your default is normally the sort of the most sensible thing, um, and it's by element. But if I go, uh, if I do a swipe down now, it'll say headings and landmarks. And then if I do a swipe um, right, it'll take me to the next heading. Episode four, pixel Mike Splindo and, and email. Episode three, one week in. Okay, and then if I do a flick down now, it'll say links links and then if i do a flick right episode three one week more L listen link tweet link g plus link double tap to activate i can continue this and the next one down will be uh, controls i believe controls yeah and then so I, it'll tell me the form controls buttons and stuff g plus button like one button g plus button like two button g plus and so on um, and then it will continue so I can uh, I'll just flick down a few times so you can hear what else you can scroll by characters words lines default and we're back to default which is the normal way of doing stuff you can obviously use um, normal web page and text content as we've just shown but also uh, the interactive you know more more interactive more uh, modern web pages also work perfectly fine with talkback the 21st of October 2017 in this episode, more, listen, link, So I've double got, tap to activate. So on this page is a media player, and if I can just tap that. Video, toolbar, vid, play, button, begin playback. And so on. There's just one thing that uh, means that Chrome isn't the perfect choice, and it's just a small bug that annoys me a little bit. Uh, it's a bug in Chrome or TalkBack, uh, I'm not entirely sure which, that means that Sometimes the whole page uh, of a web page you can't get to, and sometimes you have to go back and then reload the page uh, to to be able to get at the whole content. Or sometimes you have to um, use the scroll down gesture to to be able to get to the rest of the content. The Google accessibility team are aware of this, and the fix is uh, due to be delivered in the next release of Talkback, which is currently being beta tested. Well, that's it for today. Before I go, though, there were two final things I wanted to say. I wanted to say a huge thank you to Steve Nutt and Angie uh, from the Our Place podcast. They've been featuring uh, Blindly Switching on their podcast and have been commenting and uh, sharing their views on what I've been recording. So thank you, guys. It's, it's much appreciated. The second thing I wanted to say is that I've kind of run out of ideas of things I wanted to uh, demonstrate or talk about on these podcasts. So I think the pace of podcasts are likely to slow down because I don't want to start just waffling on and filling your ears more than I do already. So unless there are particular things that you want demoing or unless I come across something I think, well, that's pretty cool, I'll show that, they're probably get these, uh, these recordings are probably going to slow down a bit. So really how often I put recordings out and what I demonstrate is really now very much over to you, the listener. You tell me what it is you want to hear. If there's a particular question you've got about, well, can Android do this? Can talk, 
back do this how does whatever work you know have you found a way to make this happen the easiest ways to contact me are via twitter at adamson family a-d-a-m-s-o-n-f-a-m-i-l-y or via my website which is www.ndadamson.com ndadamson.com there's a contact us link there perfectly accessible even with a screen reader and definitely with talkback thanks for listening and see you all soon